Welcome to Odd Bits and End Pieces, a podcast about nothing in particular, but focused on fun, music, and current events. And by current events, we mean anything that has ever happened anywhere at any time. Let's meet the Odd Bits and End Pieces players. Riley McNutt, John Paul Gamoki, Lee Johnson, Anita Ruth, Joan Griffith, Sound Engineer Jose Rodriguez, and Reese Brits. Odd Bits and End Pieces would like to thank the City of Bloomington and Leah Hughes for allowing us the use of their facilities. Two bits. I love the flea market. Here you can haggle on anything. If you see something you want, never pay full price for it. What if it's a reasonable price? It's not. These dishonest shopkeepers are out to get the unsuspecting. You gotta keep a close eye on these types. Well, why would we want to spend money with people we don't like? People shop on Amazon all the time. Besides, they aren't really going to make anything off of my purchases. So, are we trying to swindle them? Isn't that dishonest? It's different because they did it first. It's expected. But if it's expected, how are they being dishonest? Just, just they are, okay? But I'm going to get them today. Fine. I'm going over to the board games. Your old man will join you. Let's see what we can get a bargain on. Well, hi there. Hello. Hi. How are you two doing today? Good. Yeah, nice try. I know what you're up to. Okay. Anything you're looking for today? I just want to look through your board games. Great! We have a good stock of them on this back shelf. Feel free to look through and let me know if you have any questions. Uh Uh-huh. We will. We will definitely let you know if we find anything questionable. Dude! Thanks, shopkeeper person. It's fine. They know the score. Hey, can I get this one? I love this series, and I don't have this one yet. Maybe. Did you find something you like? Yeah, we found this. Maybe. Not really sure just yet. It looks a bit beat up. It's brand new. And it looks like it's been on the shelf for a while now. Passed up a lot. Dad, this game just came out two days ago. Just let me, okay? Dad! I know what I'm doing. Did you need help deciding? No. I think we might take this off your hands not really what we were looking for, but I'll give you seven bucks for it. The retail price is $59.99. Fine. Fifteen bucks. The price is $59.99 plus tax. Non-negotiable. Twenty-four bucks or I walk. Well, that isn't (laughs) $59.99. So, no. All right, then. You just lost our business. Mm, Sorry it didn't work for you. See you next time. Fine. Forty, and that's my final offer. Dad, let's just go. I'll come back with Mom. And lose this valuable lesson? I don't think so. (laughs) Fifty. You know what? No, seventy. Knew it. These prices are never fixed. Seventy or nothing. I am done with this. Sixty. Fine. Sixty plus I knew I'd win. Did you see that? (laughs) Did you want your receipt? I said, did you see that, kiddo? Where'd you go? Four bits. The music for this episode is a tune called Clea's Biome, composed and performed by me, Joan Griffith. The tune is inspired by and named for my wonderful friend and brilliant musician, Clea Galliano. 
six bits. Game show. Welcome to the Odd Bits and End Pieces quiz game. There are three topics in each game and three questions with each topic. Each player will get their own topic and questions. If they cannot answer a question correctly, the other players can steal a point with a correct answer. Each question is worth one point, and the player with the most points at the end of the game is the winner. As host, I can change the point total whenever I want. Our players today are Becca Hart, Anita Ruth, and Clea Galliano. How's everyone today? Doing well. All right. Well, we're going to have the three questions in three categories. We're going to start with Becca Hart. And the categories, Becca, you get to choose one, are horse racing, sports, (laughs) or cities. I'm going to go with sports. Sports it is. Your first question. Who won the first Super Bowl? Who won the first Super Bowl? Who did win the first Super Bowl? (laughs) I'm going to go with the Vikings. The Vikings is not correct. No Super Bowls ever, uh, Clea or Anita. The Anita. The Packers. The Green Bay Packers in 1967. Oh, so, Anita. The yeah. Vikings weren't even existing then. They pretty much don't exist now. <laughs> so, that's one point for Anita. Your second question, Becca. All right. Who was the only NFL team to ever record a perfect season? That was... Definitely the Cowboys. The Cowboys is incorrect. <sighs> Anita Clea. Anita. The New England Patriots. No, the New England Patriots is not correct. Clea, do you have the a guess? The New York one that I forgot the name? No, the New York one is not. It's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that was my second guess. 1972. <laughs> uh, Don Shula was the head coach. No Patriots. Yes. Okay, I this like one you're going to get. Is good. Becca, you're getting this one. I'm getting it. What are the four tournaments in a grand Tennis Grand Slam. What the tennis Grand Slam tournaments include the Mario Kart tournament, the Mario Party tournament, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. You have two of those correct. Yes. yes so it's the Mario good. ones. <laughs> Anita. The Australian Open. Yes. French yes. Open. Yep. The U.S. Open. Yep. And Wimbledon. Wimbledon is oh correct. My now, since, God. That's pretty much what I said. Yeah. It's so since Becca got half of it, I'm going to give Becca half a point. Yes. And you're going to get two and a half points. So, oh, now, I get Clea, two and a half points. You, I have yeah, zero. You have two and oh, okay. a half points. Clea, okay. you have zero, but you're going to clean up now. Okay. You, we have two categories left. They are horse racing and cities. Cities, please. Cities, please. Okay. Where, what city does the Pope live? In what city does the Rome, Pope? Rome, Vatican. Vatican City is correct. Yeah. Very good. That's one point, Claire. Yeah. Very good. Yes, very good, very good. Oh, you're the ringer they were talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay, your next question. What is the largest city in Texas? Houston. Houston is correct. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Woo. Two for two. We got one question left. What is the capital of Alaska? Sitka. What? Sitka? No, that is not Rebecca. Juno. Juno is correct. So I raised my hand yes, first. Yes, you did, but no, not first. Anita. Yes, I did. Rebecca's oh, hand was up like a super fast. Yeah. Pop my elbow gonna, it up there. Me. I'm going to okay. blurt. So after two rounds, we have Clea with two points, Anita with three and a half. And Becca with one and a half. Kind of so like this golf. Is great, this is the best Yay. game we've ever, ever had. Oh, man. 
Anita, you have the last category, horse racing. How many yards in a furlong? How many yards in a furlong? <laughs> uh, Becca or Clea? I, I, I do not know, what know that. Furlong is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a length that a horse runs a furlong. Their, their fur is not very I, wait, long. No, it's wait, I like... didn't get a chance to answer. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 16. No, there are 220 yards oh, in a furlong. Oh my God. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, so nobody got a point there. Well. Okay, second question, Anita. How many furlongs in a mile? <laughs> How many furlongs in one mile? If there's 220 yards in one furlong. Five. Five is incorrect. Becca, Clea? Seven. Seven is really close but incorrect. Eight. Is it eight? It is eight. Oh, Clea, you gave it to me. That was nice. That was good assist. I'll give you each a half a point for that. Good. Thank you. Very democratic. So, Anita, you got to get this last one. Otherwise, you know, it might be a new winner. Oh, no. How many horses are allowed to run? In the Kentucky Derby. How many horses are allowed to run in the Kentucky Derby? It's hard. This is all very common knowledge. Yes. 12. <laughs> 12 is incorrect, but uh, in the Preakness, they run 12, so that was a good guess. Do I get a half a point? No, you don't, because it's the <laughs> Kentucky Derby, not the Preakness Derby. 10? 10 is not correct. Oh. I'm sorry, Clay. Becca. 16. No, the answer is 20. But oh. this was the best game ever, but Anita Ruth is still oh. the winner. Reigning queen, yay. Thank you for playing our Odd Bits and End Pieces quiz game. Good job. Eight Bits. Hello again. I'm John, and welcome to our continuing series of Interviewing Everyone. Today with me, we have a special treat, the third tenor saxophone player from Hannah and the Horned Toads. Actually, no longer with Hannah and the Horned Toads. I've been touring solo, just going with the flow. Oh, uh, what month are we in? Uh, April, I think. Get with the times. I thought we had arrived in January. My apologies. Huh? It doesn't matter. I am here today with Riley McJazz. What's your bag, John? Well, it's a satchel that I keep my recording equipment in. Groovy. You are touring solo then? Uh, you got it. I got to step in when that jazz cat Juan Montrell had some bad giggle smokes and was sleeping it off. Dude was a monster, but I had to fill those smooth shoes. Is that right? Well, what did you have to do when you stepped in? Take his eight-bar solo in Born Free at Wally's Cafe. That sounds exciting. How did it go? Oh, it was a gas. Well, could you give us an example of what that sounded like? That was so long ago. Three months? I can hardly remember, man. How about I give you a taste of autumn leaves. A classic. I would love to hear it. One, two, one, two, three, four.
warmed up then? Absolutely. I was already baking biscuits this morning. Uh, that warms up your saxophone? You try cutting vinyl for half the day and not be warmed up. Oh, like recording, I bet. Well then, whenever you are ready, I would love to hear Autumn Leaves. That was it. Are you sure? I've been cruising that part for 20 years. I think I would know. That part meaning the third tenor saxophone part? That's the birdie. Do you have anything you play the melody on? Let's see if you can dig in the mood. One, two, three, four. Caught that one, right? Um... Come on, that song is Fat City. I agree, only that didn't sound anything like it. Third tenor part again? That's how the song goes. I don't think so. What, you want to rattle, little snake? No, 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 we are good. You're right. I guess I can spot the rhythm. Yeah, that rhythm really cooks with gas. Of course, of course. You are absolutely right. It's very cool. Too cool for school. I was thinking about this all last year, how I had stacked up an impressive set list. Then me and the old lady split. The old lady? Hannah. We've been going steady for a while now, and she told me that she was more into trumpet players. So it was pretty mutual. Right. Um, so it's all solo sax music? Nah. After about a month, I added my beat buddy. Oh, and who's that? <laughs> Just like me. I got him right here in this little box. That is way too small to fit a whole person. I don't need a whole person, do I? Don't you? Nah, just his sweet, sweet beat. I control it with these knobs, then click the pedal, and I can get all sorts of bitchin' rhythms. Technology, man, you know what I mean? I think I do. So, you got a drum machine. Easy as pie, mon frere. Well, as our time is almost out here, why don't you give us an example for our final moments? Let's. This is Let the Sun Shine In. You know, let the sun shine, <laughs> let the sun shine in, the sun shining. From here. Yeah, I'm very familiar. Oh, here we go. Welcome, everyone. This is Joan Griffith. I'm your Odd Bits and End Pieces interviewer. And my guest today is the fabulous recorder player, Clea Galliano. And Clea, welcome to our studio. Thank you so much for having me. It's a treat. And what are you going to play for us today? First of all, I love to play with John. So we love this tune. We're going to play Brazil. That's a very popular music in Brazil. Excellent. 
Leia, that was fantastic. Oh, I love those chords, Joan. <laughs> we have been playing together such a long time that I know exactly when she's going to lean in a harmony. <laughs> right, you're going to go off the rails a little bit. But um, Yes, and that is a beautiful song. Um, I believe it's by Ari Barroso, is that correct? Yes, yes. And um, he, he's a big-time composer in Brazil in the f- 30s and 40s and even to the 50s-some, I guess. Um, and... You know, for our American audience, uh, you know, for one thing, you are Brazilian, even though you live in the Twin Cities. Um, And maybe a lot of people would know that from uh, Walt Disney's film, Brazil. Yes. And also there is another uh, movie that they used that in the 80s called Brazil. (laughs) Do do you you know this movie? Yeah. It's a very crazy. I love that movie. Well, yeah, I've heard that that Brazilians, when I've never flown to Brazil, but I've heard that sometimes people will break into singing that as the airplane lands. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Depends on the pilot, yeah. But in Brazil, it's called Aquarela do Brazil. Which means? Which is a watercolor. Water, so Brazilian okay. watercolor. Oh, you know. But well, here we call Brazil. That's right. Uh, so you know. that's what we call it. So, Clea, um, for the people who can't see you, um, you, you know, you're playing an instrument. Maybe not. We're not thinking that it would be involved in in playing, you know, like sort of popular jazz, yeah. popular music. Um, what are you playing? So my instrument is recorder, and uh, and the recorder, uh, the repertoire usually is Baroque, Renaissance. But all my life, I love Brazilian music. So all my life, I did both. I did. Brazilian and classical broke. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they related each other actually. It's a beautiful melody, beautiful harmony, improvisations. 
Right. <laughs> and, and I think that maybe sometimes people don't realize how much improvisation is involved with, with Baroque music. Yes. You know, Bach would improvise. And Absolutely. Andy. And yeah. do you improvise on your concerts? Yeah, you yeah. I mean, we, in the Baroque, we use a lot of improvisation, the ornamentation. You know, oh, and yeah. and because all my life I did both, I feel I I also use Baroque ornamentation, the Brazilian, <laughs> and vice versa. So it's like so I remember that uh, when I was at New England Conservatory, I I did a you know exam there, and they said your your Bach sounds like Brazilian Bach, <laughs> and I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. I think Bach would have totally approved. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> no, I think so. Now, besides playing, um, I think when people think of recorder, they think of it in a historical kind of context. Yes, yes. You know, because the flute, I mean, the, the recorder eventually gets replaced in the orchestra by a modern day flute. Yeah, first flute. And so when we see a recorder, we think that, oh, my gosh, you know, it's it's that's a historical thing. But. But you were mentioning the other day that you play a lot of contemporary music. I mean, are yeah, contemporary actually, composers? nowadays there is a contemporary recorder. There's several that they made with a key that sounds very powerful, and the other one where you plug in the recorder for for rock. There's a rock players in Europe that they play the. Rock. <laughs> I particular, I'm old fashioned. I like to play the wooden keyless recorder baroque in other repertory. Oh my gosh! You know, so you can get a recorder with keys on it and a plug-in in a key. Yeah, yeah. Wow! I think distortion would be in order then. Yeah, sure. and there's pedals you can pedals. do. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you played that? Have you ever played? I that did for not a not a concert, but I played in a in a conference in Boston that the the inventor of this recorder was there selling. So I I tried. It's um it's not a recorder anymore. It's another instrument. It's mm -hmm. like a you know. It's a different. It's like an electronic instrument. Somehow. Sure. Well, yeah, an electric guitar is very different than. Is that's exactly the thing. Yeah, yeah. Strictly wood. But I love the primitive. The I primitive. How yes. difficult it is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm masochist, but it's like you have to make it work. It's not there for you. Just press keys. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I, you know, I played recorder actually in college oh. a little bit in a in a collegium, and um, I think they only let me in it because I could read bass clef. Oh, we got the bass recorder. <laughs> yeah, bass recorder. You're right. You're right. And um, uh, and it is, you know, it's like it's easy enough to play like a C scale, but then if you have to play any sharps or flats, it's really tricky. Yeah, because of the fork fingers. Yeah. And then you have different instruments, like one is in C, the other is in G, the other the other is in D, the other in F, the other is in B flat. So there, you have to transpose and do a lot of, you have to be very flexible to play recorder. <laughs> flexible. <laughs> Say it, sister. Yeah. So, yeah. And don't we all, when we have to actually play Absolutely. music? Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. That is you the know, beauty of it. That's music. the beauty of it, that we have to invent. Well, thank you, Clea. This thank has been you. fabulous. Thank Come you back so and play much some more. for having me. The Lake Gnomes waiting to catch children unawares. Their pointy little hats soaked, drooping. Their waterlogged patience supple, the roped-off area out of bounds, moss-stained mirrors their lairs, a freckled-faced cherub explores, water sog slippers scamper, ready, right at the moment of attack, in the midst of a moment extraordinary at the precise point, payoff, ah, oh, mother's voice quells the quest. The freckled-faced boy 
asleep in his car seat, the water-clogged gnome resigned to flicking gnats. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Odd Bits and End Pieces. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine.